the face-off spot. This is your host, Adam Larson, and we'd like to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. We always appreciate it when you guys tune in. And as usual, we are sponsored by Rube's Brews. Please check them out on Instagram and or Facebook. Uh, they have a lot of uh, news coming up. Uh, we also have another sponsor. Um, so a couple weeks ago, we had an episode with uh, Corby and Steve. Uh, this was about the Lone Star Game Worn Hockey Jersey Expo. Uh, that is April 15th through the 16th. Uh, you can find more information on them at DallasHockeyJerseyExpo.com. Anyway, uh, yeah, those are our sponsors for the day. But our guest for the day is, I would say, out of all the people that I know down in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I would say that I've pro- probably known this person longer than most. Um, he started to become a regular at the uh, Friday afternoon Mansfield Skate, which I talk about quite a bit on the podcast. Good Skate with good people. He happens to be one of them. Uh, he's also an Arlington firefighter, and um, I hope he doesn't mind if I say this, but I feel like a good friend of mine. Um, I have on the show today, Eric Mask. Eric, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, sir. Thanks for having me. Um, Eric, so um, I know that um, some people tuning in uh, are going to uh, understand that there's probably a story that we're going to have to tell at some point, but we're going to save that for a little bit later. Because you have to take this journey just like everybody else does. And I kind of want you to get into um, how you got into the sport of hockey. Now, this isn't necessarily the first time that you stepped on the ice. But what was the first thing that got you interested in playing the sport? So, I am an old man. and I wasn't going to tell anybody And that. I come from California. <laughs> so... Uh, I've only been here in Texas for about 22 years, yep. but uh, I started playing when I was 18, mm-hmm. and uh, a, a kid that I grew up with, he played, and I didn't realize this till I was about 18, he played, and uh, I didn't even know what hockey was. You know, I played sports my whole life, yep. but there was like two rinks in Southern California at that time, and mm-hmm. they were about an hour and a half apart, yep. so hockey was not big at all. In fact, when I first started playing, I would have to play drop-in games, and they would be like 2 a.m. would be the games. And it's, it's the only only opportunity you had to play. Because there's such a large population of people playing, and the only ice time available at that point is late at night. Well, there was only two sheets of ice in the entire, yeah. you know, for 50 million people. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so I started playing a little bit then when I was 18. And uh, then when the Anaheim Ducks came, hockey just exploded in California. And then yeah. there, were, there were rinks everywhere. So yeah. it became much easier. And then I moved here in uh, 2000. So, but when you're talking about, because um, funny enough, um, the fastest growing areas for youth hockey are actually in the South right now. You have South Florida, uh, you have Texas, you have uh, Arizona, and then you have Southern California. Um, did you see any of this? And I know it's been a while. Like you said, you moved to Texas uh, what, 22 years ago. Um, but could you imagine where we're at now, how prevalent hockey would be where you came from and if so are you proud of it um yeah i think i I like how the sport has grown everywhere it's even grown dramatically here from when i moved here the only rink around here was valley ranch oh yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah yeah yeah. that was the only place to play yeah you know and i i lived in irving so it wasn't that far of a drive but you know that was it and there wasn't a lot of time to play yeah so and that's where the stars were playing they took up a lot of ice time so Uh i mean there wasn't a lot of options to play here either for a yeah. Quite, a, quite a few years, really. Well, and, you know, and I'm not going to talk about this a whole lot, but you're you're just a, a little bit older than me, Mask. Um, you're a little bit older than me. But 
when I was when, when I, well, but when I was growing up playing travel hockey, and I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast before, but um, I was playing travel hockey, and it was in uh, it was called Taha at the time. I think it's still called Taha. Um, but essentially, we would come down to Dallas all the time for these travel tournaments. I remember coming down, and yeah, it, uh, Valley Ranch was the only one. And then every every year we would come back, and there would be like a new Star Center. Maybe not every year, but it was just one of those like what. Like, yeah. what, how is it? And they started springing up because, you know, we kind of have to look at the directions and we couldn't just assume it was the same rink that we went to last year. Right. You know, it was one of those where it's like, we didn't understand. And the other thing is we always kind of, uh, we always kind of called this whole area Dallas. So we're like, oh, we're going down to Dallas. And then we, we started to understand like, oh, like all these rinks are popping up in these different little, you know, uh, suburbs, if you will. Sure. But but the the amount that it grew within that time was just really like, what is going on down here? Because, you know, Tulsa still has the same rink and has only had one rink. And uh, to see the way it's grown down here, I, I think has been uh, fun to watch. But uh, even though you're kind of uh, a transplant like myself, um, but you still can. Do you consider yourself a Texan? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you've been you've been down here long enough. Um, so when you moved down here, um, did you start playing men's league right away or how did that uh, how did that work? Did you take a little break? So when I first started playing, or when I first came down here, um, I didn't really know where anything was, mm -hmm. and so I would really infrequently was able to play. Yeah. Um, at Valley Ranch. Yeah. Um, I can't really remember the frequency, but it wasn't very frequent. Yeah. Um, I didn't play in any men's leagues. Um, I didn't really have a lot of money when I moved here. I was kind of broke and yeah, looking yeah. for jobs and yeah, trying to get hired on at the fire department and. So I didn't have a whole lot of money to be spending, well, and I didn't have insurance to be breaking my arm or yeah, something. So, but but I have this because I kind of set this up as a, a general piece of advice. So if you play hockey, and you move to a new, and let's say a job takes you somewhere, but let's say that you play hockey and you end up in a new location, you're like, well, how do I meet people? How do I? You go to the rink, Absolutely. and that's how you meet the people. Absolutely. True. And then all of a sudden, you have this like circle of people that you've met. I mean, let's say, um, and I think you do a good job of this, but like we usually skate at the Friday noons. And how often do you see somebody that you can tell, hey, this guy's definitely played hockey before, but I've never seen him. Mm -hmm. And it's usually kind of the same group for the most part on that Friday skate. But it's one of those where you kind of like, hey, like, where are you from? Like, I haven't seen you here before. And all of a sudden there's like, you know, five or six different people like, hey, you want to play men's league? You want to come on my team? You want to do it? But that's how you end up like meeting a lot of good people. So I was kind of, uh, I didn't want to make any assumptions, but I'm assuming that once you started to get into men's league, that you started to like, I don't know, meet people. Absolutely. Yeah, I have, you know, I have lots and lots of friends that are firemen. And then probably the other greatest number of friends come from playing hockey. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I'm assuming both of those you would you would call brothers. You know what oh, I mean? You, absolutely. You're, because you you've kind of seen them at their uh, I don't know their their tested self. You know, <laughs> in, in different sure. ways. Obviously, one of them's uh, you know for fun, and the other one might uh, might not be as fun. But you're you're still seeing it played out that way. But um, I I did kind of want to get into if you don't mind. Um, what got you wanting to become a, a firefighter? Because we talked a little bit before the show about kind of how you are, uh, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know, advancing within the, uh, what, what do I call it? I don't call it fire world. What do I call it? Oh, you mean the promotion? Yeah. yeah just promoting. Uh, yeah, just is kind of a natural progression in that field. Yeah. Um, it's a young man's game, and it's 
it's just takes a toll on you to be a firefighter and not yeah. promote up to a driver or an officer level. Yeah. Yeah. And plus you have experience and it's good to use that experience to train newer guys. Right. You know, so it, it's a, it's just a natural progression. Yeah. So, and, and I did, and I, I've actually never talked about this on the show and I've, I've never talked to you about this either. Um, but I, I went in, um, I actually did my EMT training because I wanted to be a firefighter at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but what were your reasons or reasoning for wanting to do that? Because it's not something that everybody wants to do. I feel like there's kind of a, a particular skill set you have to have and a certain uh, mentality. Um, but what is it that got you into like even wanting uh, to do that? Because I think it's definitely uh, commendable and um, all, but I want to know your personal thoughts or how did you get into it? So I think probably the way that I got into it was I would say probably different than most people. I didn't have any family members or anything like that. I didn't know anybody. Yeah. But I, uh, I was working in a warehouse and I hated it. Yeah. I was making really good money, but I absolutely despised going to work. Right. And it was in the middle of the night. I think we got off like at two thirty in the morning. It was just a terrible, terrible job. Yeah. But I made such good money. It was just impossible to quit. Right. And, uh, I was trying to think about what have I done in my life that I really liked and I thought was fun and I was really good at something that I could do for the rest of my life and not be in a warehouse. Yeah. And, uh, it was, I was really good in high school at human anatomy. I really enjoyed it. I really understood it well, yeah. liked it. And I started looking into being a paramedic mm-hmm. and, uh, I went to a fire station was right around the corner from my house and I went there one day and I asked him. You know, how do you be a paramedic? And, yep. and, in, and in California, well, in Orange County, all of the uh, firefighters are paramedics. Yep. Have, they have to be both. So um, they said, you have to be a firefighter. Yep. I was like, well, I could do that. That's fine. Uh-huh. And so I went and went to school. Yeah. Just went and started going to school and getting it all knocked out. Yeah. And then uh, that was one of the one of the things that helped me. I wanted to move to Texas since I was like 18. I was just, Light, just scared. Um, I came out here when I was real young and I really liked it. Yeah. I like the openness and not being in a city, like even though I'm in a city now, but yes, yeah, it wasn't my, it wasn't my original plan when I was 18, you know, I was like, Oh, this is so great. You know, I think I was in Tyler Yeah, and it was, you know, back then it was really open Yeah, and, uh, it was just something I'd never seen, you know, I'd never seen such openness Yeah, and, uh, that's what I wanted to live. Yeah. So, uh, the difficulty of getting hired in California in Southern California especially was uh, a help, a motivator to help me to get me to move out here. So that, that was one of the driving forces to move, make me move because you just, you couldn't get hired out there. Their people's resumes are just ridiculous and they hire like one person at a time. Yeah. Cause the only reason is because, uh, you know, there's no more growth. There's yeah. no more stations being built. So right. it's dies or retired yeah, the, is the, the, the only the, way yeah, yeah, it's like one, one in one out yeah like, pretty much <laughs> it's just one of those yeah, yeah so you're you're testing you know 500 you know i tested la county and it was like ten thousand people on the list it yeah. was ridiculous and then like they weren't even hiring right it was ten thousand people with not even hiring people so i was like you know this is as good a time as any i'm just gonna go so what what is it about uh here in tech is it just the growth of the population and there being so many departments or is yes because i mean obviously you're in arlington which is still you know quite a a big population but i'm assuming that that's kind of what it is because um yeah you have to have a uh, you have to have population growth and the ability for a city to to obtain more fire stations right so when they have another fire station they have to have a minimum probably they 
nine guys I have to hire. Right. Okay. So that's from where from California, when the department's only hiring one per year. Right. And they and a city builds one station. That's nine right there. So yeah, minimum of nine. Yeah. Know, it could be you know fifteen, sixteen people. It just yeah. depends. You know, and then you got retirements. So there's a lot more opportunity out here. Anyway, I did want to move on kind of uh, a little bit because um, I know I congratulated you, and I feel like we should take this time right now uh, to say congratulations on your uh, men's league championship last night. Oh yeah, that was a uh, was a great great win. I, I did feel play. like I feel like this would be uh, this would be a good opportunity to talk about because um, whenever I have men's league coordinators on the show, mm-hmm. I feel like I got to talk to them and say because I've done this plenty of years, plenty of seasons. I did this when the uh, Mansfield ring first opened up. But what are you thinking? Why are you trying to coordinate a team? It's just a bunch of, you're babysitting grown men. I knew we talked about that earlier. I know that you care for all the people on your team, but what are you doing being a coordinator for season after season after season? The smart people eventually just push it off into, into somebody else, but you've decided that you enjoy coordinating. What, what are you thinking? Why are you doing this? Why well, are you doing this to yourself? I, I definitely have never, <laughs> you've never heard me say I enjoy it. I have been, that is true. That, that is. I true. never said that. I promise you. Yeah, uh, that is true. So I I inherited this team. Inherited? Oh, I didn't a, know that. About eight years ago. I'm learning. And uh, yeah, and there's, I think there's nobody on the team that was there then that's there today. Oh, really? The whole yeah, the whole team has been changed. Yeah. Um. A lot of it was so it was at the mall. Oh, okay. okay. Parks so this is this is like pre me being here. So I like learning yeah. about how things were before I got here. Yeah. So it was at the Parks Mall, and uh, that place is run not well. Mm-hmm. And I kept telling the guy there that if you don't, you know, fix these things, that we're moving the team to yep. Mansfield. Yep. And as soon as Mansfield opened up, we had just moved. Yeah. And so I lost like half the team because a lot of them lived way north. Right. So they, they didn't want to drive. Yeah, they didn't want to drive to Mansfield. So. You know, I was scrambling to get people, and, you know, it's been tough. Only the last two seasons have we had really a full team. Yeah. And it's been, it's been really, really hard for me to get, because I don't, I don't really ask a lot of people, and I really don't ask anybody that I don't think is a C-League player. Right, yeah. yeah. So I don't really ask, you know, right. B-League players. I don't ask A-League players, so right. some other guys do. Yeah, there, 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 are, yeah. there are other people we've talked about. So I don't, I don't really do that, and uh, it's been... I guess, I mean, I don't really know the word other than struggle. It's been a struggle to get, you know, this team together. And uh, we have a really good team right now. And our guys play really hard, play really well together. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, it showed last night. You know, we played well. Yeah, but no, I was, uh, so, like, and here's the thing is, like, there's certain men's league teams that I just, like, kind of root for, but, like, in a silent way. Uh, But the Spartans are one of them. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, just, you got the buddies. You got Jimmy. You know, you got yourself. You got... Uh, Nick Petta, you got yeah. you know. It's just really, I think what you what you've done a good job at is just coming to Mansfield noon all the time. Be like, <laughs> hey, you feel like because hey. it, you kind of get to see because uh, instead of and I'll, I'll go ahead and say this: if you are new to an area and want to try and play on a men's league team, the easiest way to do it is to go to drop in. That's right, because that's where showcase your skills, showcase your <laughs> skills, and then eventually Eric Mask will come up to you and be like, yeah. hey, uh, what are you doing on Tuesday nights? Yeah. Uh, what do you uh, what do you got going on here? But but part of that process is just coming to um, uh, the drop-ins. And I kind of wanted to talk to you about this a little bit because, like I said, I'm trying to learn about how things were before I got here. Um, but I also kind of want to learn about how things were when I first got here because 
when I said that I've probably known you for longer than a lot of the people that I have on the show, to be honest with you, um, I feel like you started coming to the Mansfield rink and being a regular. Because, uh, I mean, I would say out of all the Fridays since the rink first opened that you've missed, I don't know, 10% or 15% maybe. Yeah, I, feel I like only miss when I'm at work. Usually. You're, you're a staple. And to be, and I do mean this, Mask. When you're not there, I'm a little bit less excited. <laughs> I mean this too. It's one of those because, uh, and I'll go ahead and say this because I think people hearing our conversations know that we've obviously talked before. That like, you're not somebody I, I've sure. just met, but um, I love how we communicate. Uh, yeah. If 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 I can say this honestly, but I, I kind of remember just kind of meeting you, and uh, you know, you're kind of uh, when you when you look at yourself, you're kind of um, you're you're a big guy, strong guy. Uh, you 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 do come off as being like a bit tough, if you will. Um, yeah, so I was little, I was a little intense, but now, but I know that now. <laughs> but like when I first met you, I was like, oh, it's a big like tough guy, like whatever. And then you know we started cracking jokes back and forth, and I knew I was gonna like you once we were able to start talking shit on one another, but yeah. it being just funny as hell and so much fun. Yeah. And I love you being around the rink. But when I first met you thought you were just kind of uh this tough guy but then when you continued to play i was like oh he is a big softy he's a big softy <laughs> that's right but that's uh i mean that in the best way mess and I, I don't give you too many compliments so i feel feel like i should do it now in public and then i don't know you probably won't hear anything again probably not probably <laughs> go back to beating me up on the ice no hey that's uh, that's what i'm here for mess that's what i'm here <laughs> for but uh hey i did want to get into this because i know that we kind of had um we had something that we needed to get to. And do you mind if we get to it? No. Okay. So you did have a, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this from my point of view first, and then we'll let you kind of continue on with it. But, uh, I woke up, it was probably like 8am or 9am and I had like three or four text messages from random various people. And they're like, Hey, did you hear what happened? Do you hear what happened? Did you check on Matt? What? I'm like, what is going on? Like, because I know something's going on. When I wake up and there's just a bunch of text messages all about the same thing. And so I wake up and I find that you had an incident at the Mansfield rink. And immediately, um, I think somebody had sent me kind of the clip of what happened. And I watched it and was just immediately, what's the best way to say it? Because I consider you to be a good friend. And I was just immediately concerned, but then... There was like a message that came through that said, he's fine. Everything is fine. And that's when I started to feel better. Um, but can you talk, because I'm trying to talk around it a little bit, um, but can you kind of talk about what happened? Uh, yeah. So I was, uh, it was actually this season, first game. Not long ago. Nope. 10 games ago, 10 weeks ago, last night. That's great. Yeah. Uh, it was our first game of the season and uh, it was... Um, about a minute or two into the second period. And I uh, I think the puck came down to me and I backhanded it over to our boards. And um, I instantly felt an overwhelming feeling of being tired. Yeah. Like probably, I couldn't imagine being more tired than I felt. Right. And it was very a strange feeling because I wasn't tired 10 seconds before that. So there was, it was just a huge dip. Yeah, like yeah, just, it was instant. Right. And, uh, and like, you know, I wasn't skating hard. I yeah. wasn't, you know, I didn't just 
you know, skate the length of the ice or nothing. It was, I wasn't doing hardly anything. Yeah. And so it was very odd. And I knew something was wrong. Like, why am I so tired? And then I instantly felt like I was going to pass out. Yeah. And I did. Mm -hmm. So when you see the video, I skate for probably 20, 25 feet. And I'm, I'm not awake. I'm unconscious the whole time. Yeah. And the, and the, the play has gone. The play is at the other end of the rink. The the play is on the other end of the ice. Right. You're not currently involved. Yeah. So I I just backhanded it out. And as it, as it, you know, left the zone, all the players left the zone except for me. Yeah. And so I just kind of, I just was skating. I wasn't skating anymore. My, you know, my feet were planted, but I was moving forward and just kind of like got closer and closer to the ice until I got so far forward on my skates. I just fell forward. Yeah. And, uh. My goalie is the only one that really knew it. Everyone else is looking the other direction. So he skates over to me and realizes something's wrong with me. And he starts screaming at everybody. And they halted the play. And, uh, you know, luckily for me, you know, we play with a lot of police and fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, a guy named Mike Gonzalez was playing on the other team. He works for DFD. And he jumped the boards, got over to me. He thought that I had a seizure and uh, rolled me over. And said, like, I took my last breath yeah. and turned, like, purple. Yeah. And felt for a pulse, and I didn't have one. Yeah. So he uh, called for the AED, mm-hmm. told someone to call 911, and um, started compressions on me. Yeah. And uh, luckily, you know, Dallas Stars, um, Star Centers, keep an AED between the benches. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's only, you know, 15 feet away from where I fell. I fell pretty close to the benches. Yeah. So... Um, you know, it was really, really close. They yeah. got it to me, put me on it. I think I was only down for maybe two minutes mm-hmm. and they got the AED on me. 30 seconds after that, it defibrillated me. It said shock was advised, meaning uh, my heart was in V-fib. Right. Um, they defibrillated it, defibrillated me. And, uh, about 30 seconds after that, I just woke up, took a big deep breath and woke up Yeah. and was confused at what the hell was going on yeah yeah i didn't i was paralyzed for about a minute i guess i couldn't move any of my limbs or anything yeah but uh i didn't really realize where i was right and uh isn't 100 percent denial mm-hmm. you know they're like you oh my god you're there freaking out you know yeah. and they're like you died you died you didn't have a pulse and we shocked you I was like ah, whatever yeah because i know what all that means right yeah and you, you know you and know i was like just as well as i was like yeah like that none of that happened mm-hmm and, you know, Mike said, does your chest hurt? I was like, yeah, my chest hurts really bad. And yeah. it did, it hurt. But um, I still was just like, there's just no possible way that occurred. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I, what I thought happened is I thought someone checked me that I didn't see. I couldn't see them. They hit me and knocked me out. That's right. what I thought happened. Right. So once I, once I come to the reality that I'm on the ice and we're playing hockey, that's what my, I guess my brain just yeah. made the story up that that's what occurred. Yeah. And so I really, truly did not believe that that happened to me until like five hours later when someone sent me the video in the really? ER. Yeah, I was still in the ER and they sent me the video and I was still like in denial. I was zooming in on like, that's not me. I'm like, ah, oh, damn. When when you woke up though, I mean, did you feel fairly normal when you woke up? 100%. I felt fine. Man. Yeah, like nothing occurred. I felt completely fine. Except right when I woke up, I couldn't move, but I didn't. It didn't seem weird to me. Right. I didn't really recognize that I couldn't move. Yeah. And then once I started moving my arms and stuff around, that's when my skates banged together and I realized I was on the ice. Yeah. I was playing. Because I was telling them that I wasn't. Well, well, and so here's the crazy thing, Maz, because 
I had, and I hope that we can be open with this, but I had an emotional response to watching all this happen, even though I knew you were okay. Yeah. Just seeing somebody that you care about, like in a vulnerable position. Yes. Is, and the other thing we should kind of tell people is that like, you're in good shape. You are not, you know, for have, um, and part of this is like, if anybody is listening that this can happen, even if you're in good shape and you're active and you're, um, you know, it, it, it can still happen. We might get to things that people can have checked out uh, here in a little bit. But one of those things that I saw was when that thing, when that thing shocked you, mm -hmm. you saw your leg, your legs just went straight. I mean, that is, yeah. that was it just saying, Hey, like wake up, but just, just, just seeing that force. But I, I can just remember it vividly and just thinking like, Oh my God. Um, and I didn't want to bother you at the time. Cause I knew a bunch of people were, um, Brian was bothering me for you. Uh, and I think Milt was too, but, um, I'm just, you know, obviously, uh, very glad that you're okay. But, um, you had, um, just recently, like a kind of a, a thing with the stars where, uh, you went in and, um, they, I think did something was it before the game. Um, so yeah, they made a video uh -huh. of, uh, of the event basically to, um, I mean, just to think for a positive, you know, outcome yeah. and maybe to highlight that they do have the, yeah. since the Peverly incident, yeah. that's when they decided to put all the AEDs and all the star centers. Yeah. But, but I mean, and without that, I can, with all certainty, I would not be here. Yeah. If the AED was not in the building, yeah. I, I'm a hundred percent guaranteed I would not be here. Well, and so, and here's what, you know, cause, um, I kind of just wanted to talk about that for a little bit because the conversations that I've had with the people, because, you know, we just couldn't believe that this happened. And obviously, we're all super thankful that you're still here and everything is good. But we were just thinking about, you know, what if his game was like an hour earlier? What if it was, you know, an hour later? What if, let's say you decided not to go to hockey that night or let's say, yeah. you know, um, and I, I you already know this. I'm not, you know, I'm not telling you anything that you haven't probably already thought about. Um, but it was just one of those situations to where, you know. And I know that sometimes that, you know, you, you're a funny guy and it's easy for you to, you know, make jokes about things, but I'm, I'm sure a certain part of you has to kind of just be, and you've said this before to me and I feel like it was really genuine, but every day is just like a, a new day. Do you feel, I mean, is that, is that a thing? Not a lot of people have gone through something like you've gone through. Do you feel like it's, uh, it's obviously impacted you in some way or another, but has that, has that changed anything? Has it? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's completely changed my life. Yeah. Um, I could tell you this that I, one hundred percent, do not pay attention to the news mm -hmm. or to politics or yeah. none of that bullshit. I don't care anymore about it. You it's, don't for it. It's meaningless stuff to me. Yeah. You know, I, I've realized like the little things they yeah. just don't really upset me at all. Yeah. Um, and it's like everything is just. I think about it all the time. I'm like, wow, I'm so lucky to be here. Yeah. I, you know, like I, I played hockey today and I think about it, I'm so lucky to play. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm every single day. I'm just so lucky. And some guy today, it was kind of funny. He was complaining about something. And I said, you know, we're the luckiest guys on earth. We're sitting here playing hockey in the middle of the day when everyone else is working. Yeah. I mean, we are so lucky. Yeah. And, you know, playing, playing last night and, um, you know, being able to go home, you know, I got really emotional when I, when I came home, when I opened my door. Yeah. Cause it was like, wow, you know, I, I probably should not be able to do this anymore. Yeah. You know, and get in like stupid things. I like get into my truck again yeah. and driving and uh -huh. it's like, wow. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it definitely opens your eyes to what's important. 
Yeah. And what's not important. Right. And to uh, just be thankful. Yeah. You know, be thankful for what you have because, you know, it is, it was, it's funny. It was, and, you know, being a fireman, we see de- people die frequently. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the thing that everyone says is you never know. Mm-hmm. You, know you never know your last day. You never know when you're going to go. And I can promise you that is true. Yeah. There's no warning. There's no, you know, it'd be different if I was sick. I was in the hospital. Yeah. You, you know, you come to terms with it, but man, I was fine. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with me. Yeah. I had no chest pain. I had no shortness of breath. I had none of the symptoms that I know to look for. Yeah. I had nothing. I just did a stress test in November. Mm-hmm. So that came back clear. And it's kind of funny that hockey and playing so much that as much as I play that it, it's what really saved my life, yeah. but also created the incident that it did instead of how most people, you know, will get gradual chest pain and gradual shortness of breath and have this over a period of time and they yeah. go, and go to their doctor and get it treated. You know, I didn't have any of that because... It just never stressed my heart out enough Yeah, until it got to a 98% blockage. Right. You know, so that there's so little amount of blood getting through there that, I mean, that that's what it took, you know? Yeah. No. And and the funny part is, and I hope that I can share these stories without you feeling any sort of way, but I can remember the first Friday that you came back and I looked at you and I told you, hey, it's very good to see you. And yeah, we weren't going to be too whatever over the top, but he's like, "Hey, it's you know, essentially you're just saying, hey, it's really, really uh, good to be back." And then uh, I think I said something to the effect of, "Well, I'm still going to call you an old fuck whenever you get back on the ice." <laughs> I think that's what I said, and you, yeah. said you you wouldn't have had it any other way. That's right. Um, but I'm really glad that I can still continue to do that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but I did want to talk about one thing um, in that video, and you can make this as short or as long as you want to. This is your episode; you can do whatever you want. But there was a moment where you said that when you were kind of out of it, that you felt like you were in a safe place. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that at all? Sure. Um, so the weird thing about that is that um, it took me so right when I came to on the ice, mm-hmm. someone asked me if, if I knew where I was. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, given the event that just occurred to me, my brain and my body weren't really functioning you know real well yeah and uh i uh i said i was making a phone call and they go no you're not you're on the ice mm-hmm. i was like well i was making a phone call a minute ago They're like no you were not you're on the ice yeah and that's when i kind of like looked around and noticed everybody you know and then i went on then my mind started going on to that you know i got hit or something and right and realized that i was playing hockey you know and Still the whole time in complete denial. And then I would say, I don't know, three or four hours into being at the ER, it all just came back to me. The whole event prior to me going out all came back to me. I remembered all of it. I remembered skating. I remembered, you know, backhanding the puck out. I remember a guy bumped me and I was, I I looked right at my goalie. And right when I looked at him, that's when I knew like something was wrong with me. And then I skated away from him and that's when I went out. And it all came back to me, you know, then and there, just all of a sudden just hit me. Mm-hmm. And um, that was what I remembered when I went out. Right. And what it felt like 
it's hard to explain because sure it is. it's not real. It's it's not anything that we've ever experienced. So it's not, you know, I can't say, oh, I was at Costco. You know, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone's no. been to Costco, yeah. but it, it was wasn't more like more like another another form of consciousness. Or yeah. Like a... So it was like being in a just a space that's just all white with yeah. no walls or windows, no floor, no ceiling, no nothing. But I was looking at myself. Yourself, but are you looking at yourself like you are now? Yeah. So you're looking in a mirror of you yeah. right now. I was just from me to you. I was five feet away. I was just looking at me. Yeah. And I was making a phone call. I was calling my girlfriend. Now, I don't know. I don't know why or or anything. I just remember it. I remember it vividly. Yeah. And uh, it's not like a hazy right. You know, yeah. Memory. It's crystal clear. Yeah. And uh, I was making the phone call, and then I woke up. You know, it's it's a very brief memory. Yeah. yeah. But um, I remember I remember you know, like I said, I remember feeling safe and okay, and um, it's kind of given me a, maybe a more peaceful thought of death. Right. That I wasn't. Um. I mean, I, I don't think I was ever scared of it before, mm -hmm. but now I realize that it's it's not bad. Right. You know, well, I wasn't I wasn't in a bad place. I was in no pain. Right. You know, I wasn't scared. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's it's hard to explain, but it, it's a very, very vivid memory for me. Man, and and I mean, the thing is, and to be honest with you, Mask, I'm glad that you were not able to complete that phone call. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I don't know what I was gonna say, but I'm glad I didn't either. Well, you know, but I mean, it, it's just one of those things when, uh, you know, when, when I heard that, I'm like, how are we not talking about that? Like, I mean, that's like I said, you you've you've lived a, um, a situation that most people don't i mean not saying most people want to but people don't really usually come back you know right and 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 to, and to be able to do that i just i had to ask you that question but i think that when when i was watching that video and you were talking about that that safe space it's one of those things to where everybody kind of has that idea of like what is it after what is it but i always kind of thought that that's what i i thought that that we would be kind of we would be okay afterwards you yeah. know that and that things would be safe and that you know i think that and not to get too over the top but you know it's all love and it's all comfort and mm -hmm. that's that that's or not comfort but love is the reason that's the purpose of life and i think that that's what it is after this i know there's turmoil that happens in this life but i think that you know after this it's like we're almost being accepted into some i don't know safe you know, loving place. And it made me feel good that, that you felt that, I guess. Yeah. It was, a. Uh, it's definitely something that I think about probably daily. Yeah. I would say it, it, you know, there's a few things that have occurred on this incident that I think about every day. Yeah. It just doesn't go away, you know, and I, I realize, you know, I'll, I'll fall into old habits, you know, about something upset uh, me yeah, and I'll yeah. just go, you know, yeah stop you know don't do that and you know, i'll just remember what occurred so there's almost like a little bit of like a rewiring if you will or like a uh you know like a, yeah. like a reset sure yeah. but but uh, you know and it's hard for people you know to to achieve that without you know doing something that you have but and i have to ask this question because the the i mean there was a lot of people that jumped into action uh whenever this happened but the the thing that I saw, not that I thought this was interesting because it's just human beings being good human beings, but the people that really kind of put the work in to save you were not even on your team. 
You know? That's right. Yeah. And, yep. and, and you have to think that there's some sort of bond now between there has to be. Am I right? Oh yeah. I don't want to no. put words. I don't want to. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just n nothing that I could ever say or do that would be enough to thank those guys. Yeah. There's nothing that I could do or say. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's hard to talk about. It's, it's very emotional and it's hard to talk about because yeah. I just feel like there's nothing that I could do. Yeah. Nothing that I could say. And, you know, Mike's like me, you know, he's a fireman and he's just like, you would have done the same exact thing. You would have. And even though I may have done the same exact thing, you it's have way different when it's you. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and you realize what he's, you know, what he's given me, yeah. you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's hard to talk about, you know. But do you, do you think that there's anything because, you know, and watching the video, and it's hard to watch the video, especially, you know, if, if people care about you, it, it can be difficult to watch. But what I saw on there is why we as human beings have been able to survive as long as we have is because there, it just seemed like at a certain point there was a natural instinct to help. And it was just instinctual. It was a, you know, and, and it's not that like all 20 guys, you know, that were playing that game all needed to be hovering over you, but it was just one of those to where like, you know, once it was being handled, it was being handled, but it was just, it was, I think instinctually as human beings, we want to keep each other alive. And, and the, the, you could see, you, you could almost like see the stress that it caused everybody. Oh yeah, everybody, for sure. Everybody kind of, it's like everybody made sure that the things that needed to be happening were happening. And everybody was just as serious about it. And whether or not they knew you from Steve down the street, it was something, it was just seeing something like that and having people jump in there. It was just, it, I'm not saying that I enjoyed any part of what I saw, but there's just a small part of it of like, oh, this is like human beings being human beings. And sure. this is people doing what Taking they care of each other. needed to do. And I'm 100% sure that you would have done the same thing. I'm sure. I know you would have. Okay. But anyway, um, I don't want to harp on this too much because I know that it's, it's a thing. And I, I wanted to have you on the podcast for various reasons before, really just because of the way we communicate and because, you know, I, I thought it would be fun to have you on. Um, but you know, having this happen, I, ju I just thought it would be good for you to come and talk about. So I, I thank you for being open and, and talking about this. Cause I know it's not, you know, the, the easiest thing in the world. Yeah, no, it's good. I mean, um, it, a lot of, you know, it, it, one of the things that's really, I guess a negative that's come out of it for me is I keep feeling like, you know, there's something maybe that I'm supposed to be doing, or there's a reason that, you know, and I, and I believe a hundred percent that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. So every single day I ask myself, like, what's the reason and what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. You know, and I keep asking myself, what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. You know, am I supposed to solve world hunger? What right. am I supposed to be doing? I'm right. supposed to be doing something. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I haven't been, I haven't been told that yet. So, um, but I, you know, I, I, a lot of good has come out of it though. I mean, a lot of guys be, because I'm in shape and a lot of guys maybe aren't as in good a shape, mm -hmm. a lot of guys have went and got, you know, um, went to the cardiologist, went to Viascan, yeah. got, a, you know, tests done. And, uh, that in itself is just a great thing. You know, I mean, yeah. um, I, I tell you, I had nothing. I had, I didn't have high cholesterol. I don't have high blood pressure. I'm not on any medications. Yeah. So 
I'm not the typical person that would occur to. Like, yeah. it's kind of funny. We kind of make jokes about some guys that are really out of shape, but yeah. they're like, yeah, but he doesn't die. You know, <laughs> yeah. and it's, yeah, it, it's true, you know, and so, um, that is one huge positive that's come of it that a lot of guys have, have yeah. you know, taken their own heart health, mm-hmm. you know, a lot more seriously. And it's, you know, that's, that's priceless. Well, I mean, yeah. if it could catch somebody that doesn't have to experience what I did, yeah, you know, or worse, you know, well, so. And, and I felt like, you know, when I got to work the next morning, because I saw Brian and, and Milt, but that was like one of our first things is like, he's in good shape. Like, yeah. it's just not what you expect, you know, yeah. it's just. And, and, you know, uh, and a lot of people do know you, a lot of people that are listening to the podcast do know who you are and they know what we're talking about, but it's just, it's one of those, it's like, he, he's an active adult. He's a firefighter. I mean, he's, it's just, in in all honesty, I think that maybe the reason that you're here and I'm not going to put anything out there, but maybe the reason that you're here is because maybe there's a, an advantage for people being like, oh, like he had an issue. And maybe other people get, or, you know, we don't know how these things work. And I'm not saying that that's what it is, but, you know, you are not somebody that I would look at and be like, oh, he has heart problems or heart issues or, you know. Yeah. And I think that that's one of the things that's really hit home with a lot of guys that maybe aren't as in good a shape. Yeah. That they're like, wow. If, and I've, if I've had, you. I've had guys, you know, my chiefs that have come to me and said, you know, I'm going to a cardiologist because if this can happen to you, I should be dead. Yeah. You know, and yeah, like, uh-huh. yeah. I'm like, wow, you know, so, I mean, there's been good that's come from it for sure, you know, and so I, I just, you yeah. know, but th- you know, think, I don't th- know. Think, think about if one person goes in, something gets caught, you Absolutely. know, just yeah. one. Absolutely. Two, two. Hey, yeah. Now, now we're talking, but yeah. even if one, you know, you, you made it out on the other side of this. Um, and I've actually had, and I'm not comparing this to your thing at all, I'm putting this as a uh, disclaimer, um, but I have a heart arrhythmia. I've had it since I was a baby. I essentially get uh, extra electrical uh, impulses to my heart, mm-hmm. so it will it will beat, and then it'll give another little beat before it catches up to the next beat. So it's it stays fairly in rhythm, but there might be like an extra beat in between. Um, and sometimes it happens. The weird part is most people don't realize when their heart beats normally because it's just used to it. But if it ever beats abnormally, it's a weird sensation, weird feeling. Yeah. Um, and it's one of those things to where like I have to regularly. Uh, go in and get it tested. Um, even from a young age, I've always been told by my doctors to not drink caffeine. Um, I can't take stimulant. Like there's just certain things I've always uh, avoided throughout my life. But it's one of those things when you think about like, what are the really important organs, your brain, your heart, you know, I mean, there, there's some other ones, but you got two lungs, you know, one of them goes, you know, not saying <laughs> lung health isn't important as well, but uh, it's one of those things that's always kind of been uh, in the back of my mind is the uh, kind of heart health and, you know, it's just, it's just a, a super important organ. And yeah. It's needed. <laughs> yeah. It, it does a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, it d- definitely does a lot of stuff here, but, uh, anyway, uh, Eric mask, I thank you so much for just coming on the show sure. and Thanks talking for about this. Me. And, um, you know, I thought, it, I thought it'd be easy just cause I, like I said, I, I do consider you to be a good friend. Um, I enjoy talking to you. I think you're a funny guy. I don't know if people tell you that, but I think you're a funny guy. <laughs> maybe be a comedian. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe that's maybe that's yeah, the whole thing. That's probably it, right? Yeah, it's you're my, meant to be a calling. comedian. Yeah, the, yeah. That's, that's, I, I don't think so, Adam. I think yeah, you need I, to reevaluate your level of comedy. I guess so. There's just not enough funny people around. If I find <laughs> Eric, if I find Eric Mass funny, that's well, right. Giving, giving you a hard time, but uh, anyway, this kind of transitions well into um, the last part of the show. I know you probably haven't listened to any of the shows, but 
we have something that happens at the end. It's called the shout out. So the shout out, it just has to be anything positive, which we've already done a lot. I think a lot of positive stuff. Yeah, done, a lot, so. done a lot of positive stuff. Um, but I'll kind of give you a little bit of uh, a guidance here. So we have people, some people do like uh, family, uh, family, and you don't have to have just one. A lot of people do like family and friends, or they'll do like a mantra or a thought, um, an idea, but it just has to be positive. And you're essentially just kind of putting it out there into the universe. Um, you don't actually have to shout it, um, but it's just kind of a, it's a shout out um, for people that you love or ideas that you think are important or anything that, uh, I don't know, anything you want to talk about? Well, if I gave a shout out to everybody that I would like to, we would be here for a very long time. Right. So this the, is what makes it tricky. The amount of uh, support and friends that I have, I know a lot of people, yeah. but to see how many people that are really my friends is, uh, it's amazing. I'm a very blessed person. Yeah. I'm talking like hundreds. Yeah. Like when I was in the hospital, I could not clear out my phone fast enough. It was, be, I would have like 80 messages at a time. Yeah. It was, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And uh, the outpouring of support was incredible. Um, I'm truly a blessed person. Yeah. Um, so for me to be able to thank everyone, you know, would be impossible. I would definitely leave somebody out and we would be here for a long time. Right. Yeah. 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 Obviously, my family, um, you know, I, that, was a very traumatic experience for them. Mm -hmm. For me, it was just a moment in time. Right. It was honestly, it was not traumatic to me. Right. Understanding what occurred to me is, but the actual event is not traumatic to me at all. Right. So, you know, my teammates were very shook up about it. My family was very shook up about it, you know, as were a lot of my friends. So, um, you know, like I said, I'm very blessed to have so much friends, so much support, such good people lots of loving people but um if i'm gonna give a shout out that i want a positive thought mm -hmm. i would like for people and i know everyone knows this you know is just to really appreciate what you have mm -hmm. appreciate you know maybe you don't have what you feel like you should or you don't feel like you're where you're at in life isn't you know you're in game or you're in goal you're not there yet but just be happy for what you got, because I promise you, it can be gone in a second. Yeah, and you you just don't know. And I, it's it's a it's an obvious thing. Oh, clearly you don't know when you're gonna die. But I promise you, coming from someone who's had that experience, yeah, you just don't know, and you just really need to be thankful for the people in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, tell them that you love them if you do. Yeah, you know, um. Don't leave stuff because I promise you, you know, you can't live your life like every minute's your last minute. Yeah. But you also don't have to live it like you're going to live another 50 years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you just don't know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, we, we see it all the time in, in my business. We see it all the time. People that are just going to work and they die. And, yeah. you know, a lot of traumatic experiences for people. But um, my experience was very, very strange, very unique. And... It's very clear that you just don't know. Yeah. You never know when it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and I kind of want to piggyback off that a little bit, but it's almost like, because when I think about this, I think about it two ways. 
does thinking about the fact that it could be your last day on earth every day, does that improve your quality of life? If you think about it too much, no, well, I don't think it, I think naturally we're supposed to not wake up and think, okay, I might die today. But is there a way that we can use that thought to make us better people from day to day and to be more thankful and grateful? And, you know, is there, is there a, is there a middle ground, you know? Well, so I don't think that I could die today. I don't think that, oh, today is my last day. I don't think that. But what I do think is that what I have, I'm lucky to have. Right. What I don't, I don't think I'm going to die. In fact, I think now I'm in, I'm, <laughs> I'm like rebuilt. Yeah. I'm great. I got yeah. another 50 years. Yeah. You know, I'm great. Yeah. And I always joke about it. I was like, I got 50 more years. I got, you know, yeah. I got new tires. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. So I don't think that I'm going to die. I don't, I don't, that's not in my mind. But what is in my mind is noticing what I have and yeah. just appreciating it. And that's it. It's not some great level. I'm not, you know, yeah. you know, I don't hug my family. Like it's, <laughs> oh my God, I'm leaving out the door. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably the last I'm going to see you. Right. It's not like that. It's just appreciate what you have. So can we say, um, and this is a word we can, I don't know, you can use this or you can not use it, but do you feel like more present? Like you're just present in the moment and grateful in the moment for what you have in that moment? Yeah, that works. Yeah. Um, sure. You're present and you're kind of acknowledge what's going on. You know, you're not yeah. just going out to your Friday drop-in game. Right. You know, it's just another Friday, another skate with the boys. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a while, you know, I'm, I'm pretty lucky to have this experience. Right. You know, I could be stuck in a cubicle. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Or, you know, and whatever it is. Yeah. Just, uh, just, a kind of a mindset that you're just, you're be thankful for what you have. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's difficult. People, a lot of people are not in good spots. Yeah. You know, they're not, but it could always be worse. Well, and I do think there's a thing too, to where there's a lot of people that don't know how much they have because they haven't kind of taken that self inventory until they lose it. And then that's the point in which they feel a certain way about it. You know, instead yeah. of, instead of taking that self inventory when you have it and being like, oh, this is awesome that I possess this right now, whether or not that's close friends, family, love or, or you know or whatever but it's well, just i think uh, that's human nature though they you know they the old saying is you don't know what you have till it's gone yeah well there's a reason why that's been around for i don't know how many years yeah. you know it's yeah. because that's how humans are we're always wanting something more something different something better yeah and you're just not you know as appreciative of what you have right and, and not realizing that you know you got it pretty good yeah you know for most people especially in this country most people in this country have it pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh -huh. If you've ever traveled to a third world country, right. you realize that we have shoes. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah. and most people don't even have that. So and opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, I feel like if you, if you're not happy where you're at, then you can change it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Well, I hey, I'm gonna say this, Eric Mass. I feel like just even this episode in itself and. I feel I feel like I know you fairly well, but I don't know. I feel like I'm gonna try and carry that on uh, for myself. Well, you're you're already you do. doing it, but now I'm gonna try and do it. I hope you do. I'm gonna be thankful. No, and I I think you're genuine about that. No, I'm I'm hundred percent. That's yeah, the no, I believe, that's I the biggest thing that I've taken away from it yeah. is that. Well, we always say you don't know when you're gonna die, but man, you really don't know yeah. when you could. Yeah, it could literally be in the next minute, and it happened to me. Yeah. You know, I was eating dinner an hour before the game yep. with my girlfriend. Like it was no big deal. Yeah. Just another day. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to play another game. You know, no big deal. Yeah. 
and could mm-hmm. have been my last. Well, Eric, I've made this joke a few times, but not on the air. But I feel like after the AD, you're like even better at playing hockey. I really do. <laughs> so the thing, and here's in all honesty, because uh, for the past couple of times we've had the Fridays, um, you know, usually I kind of try and kind of get around you or whatever. I feel like you shut me down. You shut me down like the last few Fridays. I feel like uh, I made and th- I made this as a joke, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. But I was like, man, maybe I should try that AED. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but like I just like there's a different. I, and I do mean this part though. Like you have a different vibe out there. You have a different like it's a you know it's because you've always been a big you know strong player. But there's just. I just feel like you're you're playing with uh, love, or you're playing. You know, you just you're well, not ta- you're not taking I, those sessions. I think granted. it helps that I have actual blood flow to my body and I can breathe. Yeah, that's yeah. probably part of it that I'm not <laughs> struggling. You know, I'm not I'm not tired beyond belief all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, I hate to even give you this credit, but you're not the first person to tell me that Sweet. that I play that, yeah. much better. Hey, no, but it's like. Uh, it's something cool though, and I I can't describe it as well as I want to. But there's just like this weird, not weird. Sorry, that's the wrong word. But it's just this this thing. Like you have this energy out there, and it's like I don't know. It's just it's it's really cool. Like I'm just happy to see you out there, even if you were to you know just get way worse. Even if you were way worse afterwards, <laughs> I'd still be happy to see you out there. But it's one of those things where it's like, man, like what's going on over there? Um, you know. So, uh, but Eric Mask, I'm not going to take you for granted. I thank you. All right. Well, hey, um, all right. So I guess it's time for my shout out. Um, so my shout out is going to be, um, I guess mine is going to be for not to kind of piggyback off of uh, Eric Mask here, but uh, just spent the weekend um, uh, back in my hometown of Tulsa, uh, spent time around uh, my close friends and family and uh, kind of, I don't know, Eric, when we were talking, it just kind of made me really feel like I don't have as many opportunities or chances to spend time around those people. Um, and when I do, I just feel like, um, I don't know, like that love or that, uh, that blanket of love that you can only get from family and close friends. And I'm not going to take them for granted. And sometimes I do. And I think maybe sometimes we all do a little bit. And I hope maybe that if there's one thing that we can learn from this episode is that you shouldn't take your close friend or just any friend, you shouldn't take anything for granted um, and so I would love to think that I could go back to my hometown and see my close friends and family, uh, for eternity, but that's not always the case. The, those times are limited. Um, but I think that we just have to understand that, um, that's what makes those, uh, moments so important. Is that right, Eric Mask? Sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree with you. I feel, I feel like you're, you're a source of wisdom now. Um, uh, let's not get crazy now. <laughs> <laughs> hey i'll never call you that again <laughs> yeah please don't do that you're freaking me out yeah right all right well hey um all right well i have to do the matt taylor list now um so i have to list off all the places that you can catch us you can catch us on faceoffspotpodcast.com i'll say that one more time faceoffspotpodcast.com uh, you can check us out on facebook uh, we're on instagram we're on itunes we're on spotify uh rubes Bruce is on facebook and or instagram and you should also check out the uh, Jersey Expo um, that I listed before. That is DallasHockeyJerseyExpo.com. Uh, Corby and Steve, both awesome people. Um, but yeah, um, Eric Mass, last time, thank you so much for coming on. This has been totally awesome. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, hey, uh, check us out uh, every Thursday. We have episodes every Thursday. Uh, and check out those uh, sponsorships that I just talked about. Uh, 
We'll see you guys every Thursday. Later.